Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today, I have a very special guest. You know, I always have special guests. Today, we are with Dr. Tamsin Rosenwasser. And I tell you, she earned her medical degree from Washington University in St. Louis after putting herself through medical school. So she knows a little bit something about working hard, like I work going to school too. She's a board certified in internal medicine and also dermatology and has practiced emergency medicine as well. Dr. Rosenwasser served as president of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, AAPS is the acronym, in 2007 and 2008. She has written numerous articles and opinions, editorials, and has been a guest on many media broadcast shows. She is currently writing a book on medical practice, my daughter's studied medicine, so she'll be elated to read that. Welcome to Politics Done Right, Dr. Rosenwasser. How are you doing today? I'm fine. How are you, Egberto? And thank you for having me. I am doing just fine. Of course, uh, you know, the big hoopla right now is critical race theory, and everybody is jumping on the bandwagon. And then I get this, this uh, thing that you wrote. And I'd like to go through it with you, and you're going to tell me about your thoughts. And I just want to see where the heads of many of our brothers and sisters that aren't necessarily in agreement with me, where their heads are. So let's get started. Talk to me. What do you define? How do you define critical race theory, first of all? It's an abstractionism applied to all human beings without the benefit of considering experience and individuality. And like other illogical abstractions applied to human beings, such as the Marxist idea of the proletariat and capitalists, it will fail just as they have always failed. But if it's allowed to keep on, it will produce what they produced, namely corpses. Okay. That was a very strong statement. And that is exactly what I read in the, from the beginning of your piece. One of the first things that you used was Karl Marx. Um, without going into Karl Marx theories or anything like that, why, why do you think those people who are opposed to the teaching of critical uh, race theory, why do you think they jumped to the Karl Marx proletariat versus um, capitalists uh, type of a, um, why do they go into that modal right away? I think it's because critical race theory in the same way divides people mm -hmm. arbitrarily into two groups, mm -hmm. oppressors of one skin tone and oppressed of another skin tone. Okay, let me stop you right there because what I want to do is recognize that you are a doctor and I like the way you said that, to be very honest with you, because you know, as I know, uh, hue, the color of one's skin, the only validity it has is for creating false differentiation. Because as a doctor, you know that from an anatomical point of view, we are, for most part, interchangeable, correct? Absolutely. And if we were, if we were deaf and blind, we wouldn't even know whether what someone's skin hue was. Thank you. I, so the reason the reason I the reason I wanted our audience to know that is because um, 
the, the, the going thought is that, is that anybody who opposes critical race theory, they're racist. I don't think you're a racist at all. I read your piece and I said, I don't agree with uh, the concepts that you come up with, but I think the hoopla that's being made on critical race theory right now, that is its intent. In other words, its intent is to create that division, but I can have a civil conversation with you because you already know the basal nature of humanity. So we don't have to discuss that. We can actually discuss it on technical terms. So continue, please. Right. I think Dr. Ben Carson uh, expressed it well when he said that when he peels back someone's scalp and takes a piece of their skull out to operate on their brain, he wouldn't know whether the brain belonged to somebody with a darker skin tone or a lighter skin tone. Right. Now, that what's important here, doctor, is the following, okay? Um, the, one of the first questions I asked is, why did, did, did your interpretation of critical race theory immediately migrated to Karl Marx? And you said, this re reply that you gave me, gave me an indication that you and I have different definitions of what that is, what critical race theory is all about. And my question to you then is, uh, how, where did you find your definition of what it really means? There's a young man called Christopher Rufo, who is the evangelist of, uh, evangelist of alarmism, alarmistness on this issue. And I think he has, he has found the oddballs on critical race theory, like we can find the oddballs on anything to really put into the people's psyche that it is what it isn't. So my, my question to you again is, where were you getting your definition of critical race theory? I've gotten it from people who espouse it. Mm -hmm. Ex example. Who say that one half, what or one group of humanity are by their skin tone, ipso facto oppressors and others according to their skin tone, are ipso facto oppressed. That is how I, I've heard. I've heard that a lot on Fox News. I've heard that a lot on OAN. I've heard that a lot on Newsmax. Um, let me ask you this way. If I told you that I believe uh, that we must teach some sort of critical race theory, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not an, I'm not an academic. Okay, I'm not an academic at all. But I need people to understand the genesis of the country. I need people to understand all those issues. And that I, in, in knowing the genesis of this country, I don't look at you as a white person as the proletariat. I'm not a proletariat, but the, 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 uh, the oppressor. I don't look at you as the white person, as the one who wants to do harm. But I do look at some white people that way. Not you, not most. And... I think that, and tell me, wh why is it that you believe that all of us who may want to talk about this issue somehow want to make you feel guilty or anything of that nature? I don't think that anyone who wants to talk about problems that arise between people of different skin tones uh, is talking about critical race theory. I think they're simply talking about some problems that do occur. And I have at times met up 
with people who made derogatory comments. For example, I grew up in Washington, D.C., which is majority Black, and I've known people of African ancestry from earliest infancy. And if someone said something derogatory, I would simply say to them, I really don't think you should talk about my brother-in-law's people that way. Now, it, it happens that I don't have a Black brother-in-law, but I resented the fact that these people thought that I would hold my fellow human beings in disregard simply because of their skin tones. And you just made my point. You just made my point. And what I mean is that if there, there is a certain group of people who feel comfortable when they are in that group of your tone, that it's okay to say certain things. And the reason they feel that it's okay is that in certain places or certain in certain groups, it's okay. Remember how I premised the program. I don't think you're a racist and you proved it, right? So, um, so what, I, what I think is important is for us to realize that not because Dr. Tamsin Rosenwasser is a good person and to put it bluntly, most white people, most black people, most people, most people generally are good persons that we can't acknowledge that the power in this country, in my humble opinion, is not made of people like Dr. Tamsin Wasser. And I tell you, I think you've, you've also alluded to that when you've stated, made certain statements about how bad our medical system is, which is run by the big powers, right? More and more it is run by. It's run by medical corporatists. And that is a long story, but it arose out of government takeover of medical care. If it weren't for a huge pot of government money, we would not have medical corporatists running hospital systems. I think we better hold that subject, but I'm, I'm going to want to talk about that. But we better hold that subject a bit because you're going to disagree there. But and I think in the long run, you're going to agree with me on that one as well. But let's 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 stay on critical um, race theory right now. Um, one of the things that one of the notions, and I think I kind of felt that inside of your article as well, is that you believe that anybody wanting to teach these types of subjects or attempting to, to divide or victimize some and make, make some feel guilty. Is that correct? I think that's true. I think that people in school systems have expressed that. And I think that the people who are critical race theorists believe that also. I don't, I think there's a difference between speaking about any problems that people of different skin tones have with, with one another and critical race theory are two different subjects. And I also think that more and more, for example, people in the South eventually said to themselves, yes, these are our fellow human beings. Yes, we should treat them as, as if they are our fellow human beings. And as I say, from earliest childhood, I have been um, close to many people of African uh, descent, and they've been very kind to me. So no. I always had a good impression. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, look, it, it is it is ironic because, I mean, I, I, it, it's interesting to me many times when a white person like yourself says that um, 
Well, you know, uh, people in the South have come to the belief that, okay, yeah, they, they are, they're, they're humans after all. Do you see if, if, if the roles were reversed that, uh, you know, somebody won't take so kind of like, oh, you finally realize we're human? It's just now that you're realizing that. It, and now things are going to be okay because your supreme power now says that we're human, so we are now. Do you do you feel that if do you see how that has some sort of a, that would create some sort of a pushback? Well, I think that no. Put yourself in the in the place. Put yourself in the shoes. Tell me. I, I've been in those shoes. Okay, as a woman, you know, exactly. As a woman. A, as a woman. Yes. And what have I done? I worked, and I also uh, I I I simply um, uh, if, I wouldn't say joked, but I simply replied at the time that things occurred. Right. And sometimes in, in ways that uh, caused some silence in the uh, operating room. Um, but I think that we have to treat one another as individuals because there's no way of treating people otherwise. We, we are all individuals. You know, your kind heart gives you the ability to say that. Now let's talk about the po political heart of the country. Um, first of all, do you believe America uh, is a racist country right now? No, I would say not. Okay, good. That's fine. That's good. Do you think America was founded on racism? No, I don't. I think that the fact let, let, is... No, we no, I, I agree. I, I, I promise you I'm going to let you finish that. I just want to, okay. I just kind of want to go through that. Um, you don't believe America was founded. Do you also think that, uh, that our economic system uh, is, has, is and was designed for us all? I think that in general, uh, government and state are two different things. Alfred J. Nock wrote a book called Our Enemy, the State, in which his theme was that there are always, there is always a group of people who assume power and attempt to exploit other people. That occurs all over the world. For example, I mean, talking about Marxism, the, the people who uh, ruled Russia, which was a very poor country where people stood in line to buy a rotten potato, they lived in dashas and, and ate fine food and drink. And the same is true of the Kims in Korea and uh, the people who rule China. I think that, as I mentioned in the piece, the philosophy of Jesus Christ has been one of the, has been the best thing because Jesus Christ said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that is where uh, it, it always surprises me. You as a good Christian uh, would actually make a darn good socialist. Because, and I'm serious, because Jesus, in effect, was a socialist. I'm going to, I'm going to give you some interesting points here. That I, the, the reason I asked you a few questions here, okay? Now, America's foundation, the foundation of America and its richness 
came about in one of the most draconian ways possible. Do you agree? The American Revolution was the only revolution so far in history that did not substitute one tyrant for another, but instead substituted God, our creator, as the giver of rights. Okay, I'm, I'm glad so, you said that. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Because now let's move a little bit further. All right. Our founders, our founders, our founders, and their sub, I don't, I shouldn't call them subjects in this case, but the people who run did many things, right? We enslaved people and had them work for free. We, uh, we, this, we dismantled the, and, and by the way, this is not Dr. Tamsin, Rosin, Wasser, Faulkner, do I think you're guilty of any of this? I'm going to clarify what I'm trying to say a bit later. Uh, but we really committed genocide. You agree with that, correct? Uh, the guy who wrote the hymn, no, no. Amazing Grace, how, what a wretch he was, he was the captain of a slave ship. Now, just imagine seeing human beings die in agony and thinking nothing of it. Right. And yet that happened. That has happened since the dawn of history. I, oh, oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. You know, you're right. I mean, look, yeah. here's an issue, uh, issue, doctor. I don't ever want people to believe that I believe evil is a white thing a white people thing, because as you and I know, one, race is a social construct, and two, human beings are human beings are human beings. I am right. talking now about actions. I am saying, can we acknowledge that our, the, 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 the offsprings of our founders and prior committed genocide in this country? Can we, can we accept that treaties that were signed with scores of original natives of this country were disavowed when riches were found in these lands that we even got, we, that we ceded to them after them owning it. I mean, one of the things of, that, that, that I want to know is why should we all let all our people know all about what we were and all that we have atoned for and still need to atone for, for the Chinese, for black people, for the native people, for all of those. And how, how else can we acknowledge that offset in wealth of one group of people from another when it's based on particular issues of hue? You and I know hue shouldn't matter, but it was the defining factor in this country. I would say that the people- First of all, do you agree? That's the first question. Do you agree that everything that I just said was true? I agree that there have been huge injustices toward Native Americans, toward people- uh, Do me a favor, put your head up higher. I mean, we want to have your whole beautiful face in that square now. Come on. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Yes, go there have been. There have been. And- uh, the founders were born into a system of slavery. If you look back at slavery, um, you know, going on forever, but 
uh, Arabs went to Africa across the I read the that in your piece as well, yes. Right. Okay, so these people were born into a system of slavery, and then the question becomes, what, what do we do about it? And they realized it was wrong, as many of us realize things we are doing are wrong. Uh, in the case of Thomas Jefferson, I think that he was unwilling to give up the financial benefits that he got from slavery. Right. In, in the case of George Washington, his wife was the one who brought most of the slaves. And in George Washington's will, he manumitted all of his slaves. And those older than a certain age were supported by his estate until their natural death. And those younger were taught a trade so they could support themselves. Now, do you see, do you see, do you, do you understand supremacy now? Do you understand that are these, all these, these slaves that you're talking about, their freedoms, their humanity was determined by these particular white men, as opposed to given by God, as you spoke about before. Though you said earlier, uh, one of the, uh, we were the first country where our rights was not delegated from a king or some entity, but by God. Okay, agreed. But then at the same time, we had these white men who, not God, but they were determining the humanity or when the humanity or free humanity began for these others. I am, I am just, I am not trying to blame our current crop of people for this. I'm trying to say this was a genesis and there are implications that occur from this genesis. And I, I think unless we teach this, we can repeat the same mistakes again. And uh, I, I don't want us to look at critical race theory as some sort of Marxism. Now, I, look, I'll tell you, I'll be honest. I'm a democratic socialist of the type that you would see in Scandinavian countries and all that sort of stuff. Not the kind of scary thing that you, you hear people talk about on the right, but I am for making sure that you, Dr. Tamsin Rossenwire, I mean Wasser, can actually serve people the way you know they should. We're not going to go into that right now because it's another long subject, but you understand where I'm coming from. Right. Now, um, one of the strange things about it is that some of the first slaves in the Caribbean were the Irish because the English invaded Ireland in 1169. Exactly. I mean, you're right. Uh, but they died so soon because they were so white. So they imported black Africans. And the fact is that it is good to know the history, which so many people do not know. Right. See, the other question is, where do we go from here? Do Thank we, you. Yes. Where do we go from here? Do we, do we spend our time focusing on everything ugly, or do we take what is good and run with it? That is where, exactly. Let's let, look, we can only run, in my humble opinion, with what is good if we know our past. I don't think January 6th, look, uh, people, people really love to hate on the January 6th invaders of the Capitol, right? I, I don't on my show. I tell people, these are also good people. They've just been fooled. They, they're just fighting for something, for something, for some, they're fighting for somebody who isn't going to give them the thing they think they're going to get. They kind of, what's that? Who? Who is that? Who, who are they fighting for? Right. 
They're fighting for our plutocrats. They're fighting for those people who have maimed us. They're fighting. And when I say maimed, I'm talking about economically maimed us, including you as a doctor. I looked up your, your, you know, all the good work that you do. I mean, so what I'm saying is that our system is designed. Our, the system by design hurts most people. And go ahead. Um, I see you want to say something. See, I would say the system by design does not hurt most people, but human beings being what they are, uh, we're just like all the rest of the uh, animal kingdom. We want to be lazy. And it's uh, eternal vigilance. Have you seen that for real? Liberty. You know what I see, uh, doctor? Every time I, I work, I, I work out of a home studio now. Okay, but I, I also work for NASA. I'm a software engineer and I, I have software that's on the space station. So I'm not one of those lazy people or anything like that. But um, the guys, I just came from giving guys some garbage because they, you know, we had to do a fence and they had to pick up tons of garbage. And these are guys making less than the $15 an hour and they're running behind a truck packing garbage. When I drive out and I drive around Houston, no matter what neighborhood, I see people at bus stops and getting menial wages. I think it's a myth, in my humble opinion, that people are lazy. That's not what I see. I see people working for much less than what they're worth. And you know how I know that for a fact? Because Jeff Bezos, who does little work, has over $200 billion. And he didn't make that. Do you know what, what, what's on my trash can? I have a sign on my trash can, and it says, quote, my trash collectors do more work before lunch than Joe Biden has done in half a century. I told you you were progressive. I told you you were a liberal. You just don't know it. Let me look. Let me tell you something. One of the reasons I love talking to my right wing brothers and sisters, right, is because what we realize is that we have a hell of a lot more in common than apart. And, and, and what we're trying to do is fit something within an ideology that's a failure. And uh, go ahead, you wanted to say something. Okay, well, you, you said that I could be a socialist. The, the, the difference here is that uh, the socialists and the communists and so forth. No, no, let's stick with socialists. Let's stick with socialists. All right, we'll stick with socialists. There are those who impose socialism. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the kind of socialism that occurs in a family, for example, is based on love, not on power. Mm -hmm. The socialists want power, power, Let me stop power. you there, my dear, beautiful lady, uh, doctor. Let me stop you right there, because that is the, that, you know, whenever you're creating an ideology, right, even if the ideology doesn't, one plus one doesn't add to two, you have to create that fudge. I'm a, I also did differential equations, so, you know, that, that you, you have to fit you have to try to create an equation that fits the pieces that are non that, that can't fit, right? And you just gave that perfect example right there, that the socialists impose on people, but capitalism somehow has to do with freedom, which is not true, right? The biggest capitalist country on the planet after the United States is China. And we know China isn't a, uh, a, a, China is not even a socialist country, it's a communist country, right? And they're capitalists, you know? So my contention is this. It is, where do you want the power? In, 
if government has the power, you have the ability to vote them out. If a corporation has the power, the shareholders are the ones who discern what happens. And then people say, well, but you can decide not to buy their products or not. No, that's not true. You have to buy oil. You have to buy food. And if ADM is a monarch of food, you have no choice. What you're, what you're missing there is that government has the monopoly on power. No. You know, you, I, oh, no, actually, you're right. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. You're right. Government does have the monopoly on power. Who is government again? Government is supposed to be us. Stop right there. Okay. Perfect. We are in agreement. So who has all the power? You've, you've called them plutocrats. We, have, we need to have a way of better controlling people in government. Stop. You're, again, we're in agreement. We're in 100% agreement. And how do we do that? I think we need term limits. And I think we need a more involved citizenry and a citizenry that acts according to thought not feelings and that's called critical thinking thinking yes critical thinking let me tell you um uh doctor we've covered quite a bit in this uh, much longer than i intended to go with you because again i enjoy talking to uh folks that don't necessarily agree with me Unfortunately, I think uh, by the end of this conversation, we, uh, you know, you may not see it quite yet, but we agree on more than you think. And um, and you know, I, I want to thank you for being here. So, what I want to ask you is, tell my audience something that we should, that you would like, have liked me to ask you, or that you would have liked to say that I didn't ask you. I'd like to say that. I'm of Irish extraction myself. I was orphaned at 15 and left with nothing. And although we all do want to relax, we are also industrious and creative and curious from childhood. So there's those two parts of us. And what we need to do is go forward from here and realize that loving one another is the most important thing we can do. Um, I could not agree with you more on that, doctor. Um, I'd, I'd just like to end with a little, a short soliloquy. Um, when I originally read your piece, and I'll post it with the blog that goes along with this, at first, I became a bit upset and said I didn't really necessarily want to uh, talk to uh, somebody like yourself. And then I said, wait a minute, that goes against everything that I talk about. Because, I mean, your piece immediately went into what I considered a, um, a, convo a convoluted way of describing critical race theory. And what I try to do with our discussion is to show that we have a lot more in common than we have, than, than, than not. And I think, uh, I think, I hope I've shown that folks like myself does not, and, and most are like me on, my, on, on, on the left, most are just as I am, 
we don't, we are not the caricature of what uh, people who go and talk about critical race theory, etc., are all about. We are not the caricature that you see on Fox News. You are somebody with a voice on the right. I hope that with a, doing a, an interview, a conversation like we've had here, that you can make it known that neither one of us should be making caricatures of each other. It's not worth it. And it just plays into the hands of a system that hurts us all. I think you're absolutely right, but I think that's what critical race theory does. And we, at some other time, I hope can go further into that discussion, because one of the things that I think um, was interesting in this discussion that we had is that there was no disagreement in how I described the country, and that is all critical race theory, cleanly, not, not the fringes, not the caricature. That is the intent for folks to understand that redlining has created a deficit that uh, a particular group of people would have permanently unless it's mitigated, that, uh, that there are racial barriers. I've gone through them myself. Uh, when you hear people talk about a person of color having to run twice as fast to get half as far, it is not, it's not a divisive thing. It is just how it is. It's not you we're talking about, but it is in fact systemic. I, I don't think it is systemic because for example, I'm someone who moved to a neighborhood that was almost all black except for the Orthodox Jewish in it. Mm -hmm. And because I see people all over the world coming here and I know that in other areas of the world, there are people, I mean, in South America, there are a lot of people who are of Spanish heritage who looks down on the more native Indian people. Of course. No, again, so this is probably the least racist country you're going to find. Um, by the way, I am from that part of the world, so I understand all of that. And what I, what, what I was really trying to do here is restrict our discussion to the United States. I mean, there are a lot of ills all over the world. And this is not to describe, I am here for one reason only. I, we can get things done. And as I mentioned on the 4th of July, I did a blog piece that said the following. We are exceptional not because we didn't enslave people. We're exceptional not because we didn't have genocide. We are exceptional not because we didn't hurt the Chinese. We are exceptional not because of all the damage we've done around the world with our capitalist extraction without return. We are exceptional because I can have a conversation like this with you. And we're exceptional because we try to correct. It's just as it says in America the Beautiful, God mend thine every flaw. And what we must do, my dear doctor, is again, make sure that we keep the conversation going and not only keep the conversation going, but making sure our minds are open. Do you agree? Thank you, Mr. Willies, because it has been a pleasure having a conversation with you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. God bless you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where 
uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. <laughs>